Welcome to the big topic in women's MMA. Frank Posen here along with Sean Humes. Don't forget to check out the blog at frankp316.blogspot.com and also my other podcast, the uh, Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast, which I did on Tuesday. Okay, I have uh, one new video up on the blog. It is from uh, Saturday's UFC show. Uh, it is Tracy Cortez winning over uh, Stephanie Egger by unanimous decision. And that fight was at bantamweight. And uh, the fight went pretty much as I expected it would. Um, we'll get into why in a minute. Uh, Stephanie is 26 years old. She trains at Fight Ready in Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, her head coach, George Corrales, was not in her corner because he is preparing the Korean zombie for his fight this Saturday. So uh, didn't seem to make much difference. Okay. Uh, Stephanie is from Switzerland. Um, she mostly, uh, she's a, a BGJ black belt. She mostly uh, fights for her home in Switzerland, but she's also fought for Invicta, Invicta and Ryzen. Okay. So, you know, this went pretty much like I thought it would. Uh, I think Tracy is more experienced than Stephanie, though she's smaller and younger. Um, I just think she has more experience, among other things, in a cage. So um, what did you think of this fight? Um, I thought it was pretty much like we had discussed. Uh, Tracy Cortez, she didn't have, like, it's not so much the experience. It's how many fights she's had. It's the quality of opposition she's faced. She's just faced better opponents yeah. than Edgar's. So a lot of things that Edgar's is used to doing, like I've seen previous fights of hers, when she kicks girls or punches girls, she's usually able to overwhelm them. That's because they're a lower caliber of fighter, lower caliber of athlete. Against Cortez, when she hit her, Cortez hit her back. When she pushed against Cortez, Cortez pushed back. She couldn't get the position she's used to. She couldn't control the position she's used to. And that, that was just different. It's a, it's a caliber, a level of caliber of, of opponent that was mainly the difference. That the, the the athleticism of Cortez. Tracy said afterwards that she didn't know that Stephanie was a BJJ black belt until after the first round. <laughs> so, I mean, look, it was a short notice replacement, so that's fine. But it's pretty obvious that her coaches knew what they knew what Stephanie was going to try and do. So she didn't really have to know by the sounds of it. Yeah, well, it's good that her coaches did. It's it's very it's very common in MMA. A lot of people think the coaches are really students of the game. For the most part, a lot of them aren't. When short notice fights come up, you hear guys say, we're better than them everywhere. And it's like, you've obviously never seen this fight or fight. Luckily, her coaches were on it. And we were able to find some film and do some research to get her a game plan. Otherwise, I believe that Tracy would have been coming out more aggressively for the takedowns and more aggressively instead of setting it up, controlling the strikes, and then setting it up for takedowns. And there's a big difference. When you just shoot or you just clinch, you're allowing that person to get comfortable to look for those submissions. She wouldn't have made her uncomfortable on the feed, had her thinking about that. Then she took her down. Um, and just as a side note, Eggers, she, she didn't do bad. She, she did a well. She's facing a better athlete. She's facing a person who's faced better competition. I think her team needs to work on her footwork and her jab and a little bit making her a little bit more fluid when they're striking because her striking is so one note and so one at a time. Yeah. She can't present enough of a threat to transition into takedown. So she's, she's forced to defend and she's forced on her back foot. That's not going to work at the UFC. Even at the Bantamweight division, it's much better than what she's used to facing. She's going to have to flesh out her skills a little bit. 
Okay. A couple of things I wanted to bring up that were mentioned during the broadcast, and that's that uh, uh, um, Tracy, when she was an Invicta, she was at uh, Flyweight. And I guess she was having trouble with the weight cut, and so she moved up to bantamweight. They were saying on the broadcast that uh, she went to the UFC PI, and they've kind of helped her out with cutting weight and that sort of thing. And with that in mind, first of all, I'd like to see her against better opposition, obviously. I mean, it's not her fault that, you know, she had two late replacements in a row. But I, she's kind of undersized for a bantamweight. I wouldn't mind seeing her go back to flyweight. What do you think? Um, I, I can see it. I'm always, I'm always very suspicious of that. Cause a lot of people say, well, I got this recipe to get to the weight. Then they might make it once or twice and then they have weight issues again. And then they have to get kicked back up. So unless it's something that she knows is consistent and can be maintained, you know, on a consistent basis, then I'm not sure you want to take that risk. You have some momentum of band and weight. You don't want to go and have miss weight or have bad performances and then have to be on the last fight of your contract trying to make sure you have a job and then being forced to move back up. So it's really a tricky proposition. If they really figured yeah, it out, then I that's agree. fine. But you've seen lots of you've seen lots of fighters do that. Oh, I, I'm better at this weight class, miss two miss two weights, miss weight twice. And now they're in trouble. Just well the, th- you know, the thing is a lot of fan. Yeah, the thing is all these days a lot of fighters, uh especially uh, higher level ones, they hire nutritionists. Uh and it's become kind of a cottage industry in MMA and some are qualified and some are not so qualified. So, uh, it's kind of a hit and miss kind of thing. So uh, I don't know if she's going to do that. It may depend on what her coach wants to do and stuff like that. But um, uh, she's undersized for a bantamweight. So that's why I mentioned it. Okay. Yeah, so, no, definitely. She's, she's against a better level of athlete she might have problems because that quickness advantage won't be there and the power won't work for her either. But um, like I said, that taking I that weight class drop. A, that's, that's I could see her being a title contender at flyweight. Yeah. Uh, you know, to be honest, if they moved her the right way, I could see her working her way into the maybe top seven, top five of the band of weight division. Cause it's just, she just got a particular skill set, and her cardio should allow her to navigate most people in there. I don't know that she begins like a legitimate title contender, but I could well, see this her moving is why, up. Th- this is why I'm suggesting that if she's uh, able to comfortably cut to 125, dropping weight's not a bad idea because she's more likely to have uh, success and get into the title picture. That's true. Yeah, and then later on, then she can move back up. My, like I said, my concern is the making the weight and then some of the injuries that come when you cut and you're in a hard camp. It's one thing to cut when you're in between camps and you're not really trying. Another thing when you're sparring every day, weight training, and then you're cutting that extra weight. Injuries start popping up. You start missing weight. Other issues come up. You might affect yourself long-term. So it's up to her, but it's a risky proposition in any case. Because I'm sure, I'm sure when she's trying these weight cuts, she's not trying them in the middle of a tough camp, which is different. Yeah. Now, the other thing is they, they mentioned on the broadcast, which uh, Paul Felder uh, commented on, uh, was uh, one of the problems that I saw with Stephanie is – she didn't seem to have much in the way of cage awareness. And I think that's because she primarily fights in a ring. Her one fight in a cage prior to Saturday was an Invicta. Other than that, so what a lot of fans may not understand is that in Europe, a lot of uh, gyms 
also double as promoters, which is you don't see that much here in North America, but you do see it in Europe. And that's what her gym does. They double as a promoter. They do shows like she just fought like a month ago, right? Or something like that. I think it was a month ago, yeah, six weeks, yeah. whatever it was. So the thing is, most of these companies, most of these uh, gyms who are also promoters, they can't afford a cage. So they all their matches are in a ring. Okay. And so I think that was a problem for her because, uh, you know, she, it, it makes me think that maybe it's time to bring her uh, over to the U.S. and have her train uh, at least part time for somebody in the U.S. so she can get used to being in a cage. Um, I so, would agree with and that. normally I don't normally I don't see this as a problem, but I thought it was for her. I, I agree with that, but I, and I think that's a big problem for her. But I also think part of the problem is a lot of the her fights, plan A and B, are enough. A lot of her fights aren't really long. She's never really forced to have to make an adjustment, and usually oh, yeah. she's the person imposing posing her will. So now she's facing somebody, she throws a jab, the person parries it. She throws a kick, the person fires back. She throws a combination, that person moves out of the way. She's not used to that. She has no concept of really having to push and pull in a fight. She's used to basically asserting herself. So you can't develop IQ when you're just knocking people out or you're submitting people or you're just controlling people. The IQ comes from when you're forced to have to work out of bad positions or you're forced to have to work harder than you want to. And if, if you're not getting it in the cage, you have to get it in sparring. And I assume she's not getting it in sparring. So being mm. over here would help because she get better sparring, which will help her, help her learn those lessons without taking losses in the cage. Do you see her as a three-and-out fighter? I don't, I don't think so. I, I, think, I, think she, I think she could win a fight or two. I really do. I don't, I don't think her skill set's great, but Bantamweight is real iffy. Bantamweight is real iffy. It's the best division to be in if you're a fighter who's limited with limited experience there. I think there's, I think there's people she can beat. you know, mm-hmm. if they, what Gina Mazzani's in there, she could, I think she's 50, 50 with Gina Mazzani. I think there's a couple other, Sarah Moraz. She's been with her. Uh, I think some of the fighters have been released already. Anyway. Okay. Um, anyway, anyway, so, uh, so that fight is up on my blog. video. Okay, that video. Now let's go to Saturday, this Saturday. And the big fight here is Jessica Andrade versus Kekian. And what the big story is here is Jessica Andrade is moving up to flyweight. Okay? So I don't have to say who she is or anything like that. We all know who she is. Um, who is she? Is she a new fighter? <laughs> we, no. Come on. Don't be like that. Uh, so I'm th- here's what I'm thinking. Okay? I'm thinking we all know how Caitlin fights, right? She yes. depends a lot on distance. Yes. She ain't holding Jessica to any kind of distance for 15 minutes. It's not happening. Okay. You know, Jessica is like this. Go forward, go forward, go forward, go forward. Doesn't mind getting hit because she's going to hit you back. Okay. And the problem with Caitlin is she's trying to avoid being hit. And that's going to be, I mean, she's going to have the same problem with Jessica that she had with uh, uh, Valentina Shevchenko. You know, she's, she's going to have trouble because you can only keep your distance so long with somebody who's that good or who's that aggressive, I suppose. Okay, so. Yeah, not good. Well, she, she's not good. <laughs> no, I, I would agree so, with you. Um, the, the only adjustment, Caitlin, I, I always make this comparison. She's basically Holly Holm, if Holly Holm, she didn't have the athleticism, the physicality, and the durability. 
they basically have the same style. They move around a lot. They throw a lot of volume. Neither one's particularly accurate. Neither one's really hard to hit when they, once they start attacking. Uh, and this is really a, a, on paper a bad matchup for, especially now. I just call. Lichy, I just call her. A, I just call her a points fight. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, she doesn't. She doesn't have the power to do it, and I don't. I don't think she has the style. She's not willing to take the risk because she knows that she doesn't have the durability or physicality. Recently, she started wrestling because I think when she faces a better athlete, again, certain level athlete like an Aldana, Lauren Murphy, even at the bigger weights, she could out quick them, she could out position them. But with, against a better athlete, even if their footwork isn't perfect, they can st- still close distance. They can still get to certain spots. Every time they hit you, it's a game changer. So when she's outgunned physically, she starts resorting to kind of clinching and, and running and outright running away or trying for wrestling. And I don't know that any one of those things works against somebody like Andrade, who's that physically strong, whose chin is that good, and who actually, uh, whose cardio is that good. Because attempting wrestling takedowns takes energy. Running around the cage takes energy. And if she's just going to run and throw a couple shots here and there, she's going to lose just because she's not doing any damage or landing enough volume. And if she she's tries to stand her ground with her. She can't hold her off anyway. She can't hold yeah, her off. She can't anyway. hold her ground with her. She can't she can't wrestle her. If she takes her down, she'll get right back up. This is just like it, it seems like it's a fight made to make Jessica Andrade look unstoppable against the most recent title challenger mm-hmm. into springboard into a title fight. Okay. A couple of things I want to mention about this particular fight. Uh, apparently Caitlin is thinking retirement. She wants to start a family, and if she uh, decides to start a family, she's not gonna come back to MMA. Okay, that's what she said. Yeah, now, she she clarified that a little bit in the sense that what she's doing is she's taking one fight at a time. Now, keep in mind, she won her last fight. She beat Antonina Shevchenko. So, my guess, if she keeps winning, she keeps fighting. If she loses, maybe she retires 50-50. It's kind of like, you know, Joanna Hedzicek, right? She could retire. Yeah. All right? So... I I think if she loses, we could see her retire if she gets pregnant, right? Because she said if she gets pregnant, yeah. Not fight. Okay. Now we saw uh, an interview this afternoon, which I sent to you, uh, with uh, Jessica Andrade's coach, uh, Gaylord Parana. Okay, and sure dog, uh, who is uh, Marcello Alonso, interviewing him, and. Um, you know, uh, he says in this interview, first of all, that if Jessica wins, she's going to get a title shot, which actually I agree with that. But he says some other things a little odd. He thinks she wants to go back down to uh, the strawweight. I don't think she's going back down to strawweight at all. Okay? I think once you go up, I think that's about it. Okay? The other thing is... Um, he was making excuses for her losses to uh, Zhang Bailey, which he really, he really shouldn't do that. He should shut up. And uh, is it me or does he seem to uh, treat her like he's, she's kind of, uh, what did I call him? Uh, meal ticket. Yeah, I mean, meal pretty much. Ticket. That's what a lot of fans don't understand about fighters. These coaches, and I'm not calling all coaches out, part of the reason they want a success is because that generates more casual support for them. That gets them more fighters. That gets them more regular people who want to join their gym because they have a fighter who's on a win streak. They have a fighter in the UFC or Bellator, whatever it is. That's, that's part of the allure. They don't necessarily have to 
do right by the fighter because they're going to reap benefits from it. And if the fighter doesn't perform, well, they weren't dedicated. They didn't do what I told them to. There's a lot of excuses for them to make to justify mm. them getting more fighters and, and keeping the money coming in when that fighter no longer can make money fighting. So I, they're moving up to Las Vegas, eh? Like uh, PRVT, they're moving up to Las Vegas. I thought he'd move already, but uh, Piranha says they're in the process of moving. Okay, like not just one. They're all moving up, the whole team, right? And I think they have, what, a total of three fighters? In, with three three fighters, fighters in right? Three fighters in the UFC. The only one who's really all that good is Jessica. Okay, the other yes. two aren't really very good. And, um, you know, I, I look at her, if I, she's clearly a milk for him. Okay. And how hard can you work a dog? You know what I'm saying? Well, when you got to, and that's your moneymaker, that's pretty much, you pretty much, the combat sports careers are short already. You don't want to leave any money on the table. And with a fighter like Jessica, who's a outstanding athlete, incredibly physically strong and durable, and a workhorse. Yeah, you can you can work her like that because there's so many girls who physically don't have the tools to actually really punish her and keep her out of the cage for long periods of time. You know, we've only seen one fight where she's really been knocked out, and every other every other fight she's basically held her own as far as her physical ability holding up. And so she's going to milk that for what? And she's the first female fighter to fight at bantamweight, flyweight, strawweight. Yeah. So she's it's just, pretty it's a, damn versatile. Not only that, she's she hits hard, she can take a shot, and she can also submit somebody. Her she loves submitting with a guillotine. She went before she came to the UFC, that's all she ever did was submit yeah. with a guillotine. You know. Uh, so, one, okay. Sorry? I said the one thing I want to give her coach credit for, I don't think technically he's done a great job with her, but I think the one thing I want to acknowledge is he found an identity for her, the one that fit her skill set, and he actually played into that. She's a physical dynamo. There's no point in her trying to be slick and defensive. She needs, she needs to punch the body. She needs to force a pace. She needs to grind on these girls, and people say that's a really easy decision to make, but there's lots of fighters in the UFC who have clear physical strengths and mental characteristics, and their coaches teach them the opposite and end up running them into the ground because they're not playing to their strengths. So I have to acknowledge them for seeing her strengths. And instead of trying to impose some super technical game on her, he imposed the game that fits her tools and allows her to get maximum success ASAP. My, my issue with him is he hasn't layered her skills. And at this point, her skills should be much more layered. And the reason mm -hmm. I can tell that is because the other two fighters fighting in the UFC fight just like her. They're just not the athlete she is. So mm -hmm. they're not having the success she has fighting. That's right. Now, what other th now one thing, uh, other thing I want to mention, I, Obviously, I favor Jessica to win this fight. Would you agree that it might be a good idea for Mark Henry to change up Caitlin's usual fight style to maybe try and make her more aggressive? And would that work? I, the reason, the reason I see what you're saying because she could do something with, similar to what jo Joanna did, but the thing, the issue is Caitlin's footwork much like Holly Holmes, isn't super clean. Her foot, her footwork is a result of her being busy and high cardio. It's not super crisp. Her angles, her pivots, her movement, it's not super, super crisp. Just like her punching isn't super crisp. It's just now starting to be a decent level. Her kicks are her kicks are right. They're not 
elite world class. So I don't know if he can make a change because the aggression, the the aggression that comes like Joanna has, Joanna had aggression because she knew she had top tier technique and top tier cardio when she's actually in a firefight. I, I don't think Caitlin believes that she has top level technique or top level cardio. So that's, part of her fighting that way. And that's why Jessica's going to win this fight. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's a confidence thing and it's, she can't go as long at a high pace and she's against a better athlete. Every mistake she makes, she's a half second slow. Andrade is going to be on her unless she can hit Andrade with something that's going to hurt her, which isn't likely. Even if she takes Andrade down by some miracle, Andrade is going to pop right back up. She can't control her. I mean, there are Bantamweights who had a hard time controlling her. There's, I mean, there's much better fighters than Caitlin Chukagan who couldn't even hold her on the ground for a second. If Rose Namajunas can't back her up and hold her down, she who's a better puncher and kicker than Caitlin Chukagan, what, what's Caitlin going to do? I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's, if she somehow beats her, it's either a robbery or a George fell off a cliff. That's the only two explanations. Okay, so we both think Jessica's going to win this fight. All right. The other fight is also a bantamweight. It is Jillian Robertson versus Poliana Botello. Okay, Jillian is uh, 25 years old, originally from Niagara Falls, Ontario, so I'm going to root for her because she's Canadian. But, uh, of course, she's lived in Florida for quite a while now. And... Um, now, she, she still trains with Dean Thomas, but he doesn't work for American Top Team anymore. Okay? Yeah. Now, she is primarily a wrestler, and she's going to take you down. She's going to submit you. That's the way it is. That's what she's done since she's been wrestling. Okay. Poliana is a Brazilian. She trains at um, Nova Uniao in Rio de Janeiro, so we all know about that place. Uh, Poliana is uh, three and one in the UFC. She started at straw weight, but she moved up to flyweight. She's three and one in the UFC, and all three fighters that she's beaten are no longer in the UFC. They all got released, and her only loss was to Okay, so I favor Jillian in this because I just think uh, she's a lot quicker than Poliana. Okay. And when she takes somebody down, usually that's it. Okay. Hmm. So uh, there are exceptions to that, but uh, you know, that's what happens when you depend on your wrestling, right? Uh, sometimes yeah. things don't quite work out the way they should. So I, I'm going to feel I'm going to root for Jillian anyway, but I also think she's going to win. Because I just think she's a better fighter than Poliana. What do you think? On, on paper, on paper, it really seems that way. But the problem with Jillian is it's the same problem we talked about. Like a lot of, if you look at the lot of wins she has on here, they're not they're not super impressive. Molly McCann, Emily Whitmire, Hannah Cyphers, mm-hmm. Courtney Casey. Courtney Casey has some athleticism, but Courtney Casey is, is one of the dumbest fighters, not people, but dumbest fighters in well, women's mixed martial arts history. One, one, of, the, the, one, one of the one of the talk, one of the things I've heard this week is like she's ranked number fifteen right now. And the reason she's not ranked higher is they simply haven't put her in there against anybody higher yet. Who's higher up yet? And I really think they should. Uh, Poliana is not ranked. ranked. Okay. Poliana Batella was not ranked. So this is uh, the thing uh, about the the rankings. Like, I'm not sure why she's even fighting Poliana. Okay. She should be fighting somebody like, just to give you an example, Andrea Lee, who is ranked higher, ranked number eight or nine or something like that. That's who she should be fighting, not Poliana Patel. 
in theory, I agree with you. But then when you look at the people she's lost to, and she's lost pretty decisively to them, it makes you concerned of whether she's ready for that step up. She lost to Macy Barber, pretty obviously. She lost to Bueno Silva, pretty dominantly. And the people she's beat aren't great. Now, her skill set is higher than top 15. But the fact of the matter is, since her striking defensively and offensively is so one note, she can't ever get to those spots without taking a certain amount of punishment or exposing herself against better athletes. Pa- Pollyanna isn't great, but she's a person who will she will she will jump for submissions. She's op- she's opportunistic submission wise and physically. She's not the biggest hitter, but she will swing hard. And if if Gillian's confidence is shaken because she can't get a takedown or she takes a hard shot, Pollyanna's going to try to run her over. And Gillian's been overwhelmed before by lesser opponents. So. Technically, this isn't even close, but she's so limited on the feet. She's just so limited. She can't set the takedowns up. So she doesn't get it automatically. Does she tire? Does her confidence shake? What happens when her confidence shakes? Does she does she get overwhelmed? I don't know. I don't think that's going to happen here. <laughs> okay. It probably shouldn't. It, it probably shouldn't, but look who she's lost to. They're not great fighters. They're well, not even okay, she lost to Macy Barber, who I think uh, uh, can do things with her striking that Jillian can't handle. The other loss... You know what happened with that? They were on the ground. Uh, Silva actually blew out her knee, but she was able to get a submission with five seconds left in the round. And if uh, the round had ended, Jillian would have won the fight because Silva wouldn't have been able to continue. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you know, whenever, you know, when you're talking about a wrestler, somebody who primarily uses uh, um, uh, submissions like, like uh, Jillian does, you know, you live by the sword and you die by the sword. And so that's going to happen to her sometimes, but I just don't think it'll happen here. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree with you. I, I, I favor her as well, but I'd feel a lot better if I had seen, if I'd seen her face somebody who's going to force her to show those layers. Because Courtney Casey gave her the fight she wanted. This is going to be a little bit more difficult. She's going to have to show those layers in her stand-up, in the feints, in the fakes, in the jab. And if she gets hit, she's got to react intelligently take an angle, pivot out, go hit a reactive takedown, take angle, hit a reactive takedown, duck, hit a reactive takedown, and that's what she hasn't been able to do when she's gotten rocked. She'll just cover up. And if she does that, wow. she's going to get overwhelmed. I should point out that Poliata has lost to Cynthia Calvillo, so that's not impressive. Oh, no, 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 no. She's not a great fighter at all. And that, that Calvillo fight concerned me, but Calvillo, Calvillo's confidence is a lot higher than Gillian Robertson's because she's one fights against the people, kind of people that Gillian Robertson had lost to, and she's used to having to fight through fights. Gillian hasn't won a fight when it's been back and forth. When it's been moments of adversity, she has not overcome it. When she's won, she's pretty much dominated from the word go. What mm. happens if she doesn't dominate from the word go? I, I favor her still, but what happens if she doesn't dominate from the word go? We shall see. Okay, that's a, you have anything else you want to talk about? Um, you know what? No, no, sir. Uh, last thing I say, I want to reiterate, not that anybody listens to it, my opinion here, but I really think Edgars needs to find better sparring. Better sparring prepares you for guys you can't dominate or you can't control in every single spot. If you're, you're having your way when you're fighting or sparring for fights, th- that's not preparing you correctly. She needs to have somebody who can put her in a spot and keep her there. Oh, when she gets to her... Submission. Yeah, sorry, Stephanie Edgar. When she gets her submission, they can get out of it. When she wants them to the ground, she can't get them there. That helps prepare you for when you're in a cage and you can't get it the way you want. If you're getting it, if you're getting it the way you want in training, you will ask, right. ask Francis and Ghanu. That's how he lost. All she right. needs, she's not an athlete. She needs to do that. 
The, see, the problem I have with that is she probably isn't a full-time fighter, okay? And, you know, she trains at home. For her to get what you're talking about, she has to come to the U.S. because she's not going to get it there, okay? Yeah. And I, I... So, so my guess is this is why I kind of think I'm looking at her as being three and out because her, her because she she trains in a, a you know small town in Switzerland, she just doesn't get the quality of training that you would like to see. We see this from foreign fighters sometimes, okay? You know, and they end up getting released because they probably shouldn't. Look, she came in as a short notice replacement. You know, she shouldn't even be in the U.S. Probably. Probably. I, I'm, like I said, I, I understand the legitimacy of what you're saying. I'm not arguing against it at all. I'm just, as a, as a person who's worked on that coaching, end, I'm just telling you the solution to her problem. A lot of yeah, her, her lack of awareness and conditioning is not getting proper sparring. Proper yeah. sparring makes up for better, ma- makes up for better technique because you yeah. have world class technique, but you get subpar sparring. It don't matter. It's a, it's it's a solution, but in her case, I question the practicality. Yeah, but you know if that, yeah. that's the case, and I, I tell her to find a better way to make a living because you're not going to be successful enough at this one to well, maintain. She probably it. already has a day job. Yeah, you probably okay. want to focus on that. Yeah. Now, uh, one thing I guess we should mention is that Chris Cyborg fights tonight. Now, I don't see these fights in Canada anymore because Bellator is no longer on TV up here um, because we don't get CBS Sports Network. But I'm expecting Chris Cyborg to win fairly easily. Uh, I don't yeah. see Arlene Blenko coming even close. First-round knockout, geez. TK. As long as, long, as, long as she... And I, I don't think it's likely she'll she'll lose, but at the age she's at, at the point she's at in her career, she needs to be less of the berserker and be more of a I stick on my jab and I'm an I'm an intelligent counter puncher and attack different levels. If she drags like, if she drags Blenkow into a brawl, her chin isn't what it used to be. And if somebody tees off on her, I think they can get to her. So she needs to fight very smart and very technical. I don't see this, her doing that for only one reason. She fights the shootbox style, and that's the shootbox style. Okay. That's true, but but in in her recent incantations, she's been aggressive, but it's aggressive coming behind a jab, not incres- aggressive coming behind a lead uppercut. That makes a big difference. Anyway, that's about it. Again, don't forget to check out my blog, frankp316.blogspot.com. Of course, I'm also going to have the uh, videos for this Saturday up on my blog the next day. Uh, and uh, again, uh, check out my other podcast. Uh, Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast. Uh, if you have any questions or comments uh, for my blog or my podcast, you can leave a voicemail. I also want to mention that uh, Schwan has a couple of podcasts out there, so check those out as well. If you, Thank you would like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do so at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Enjoy the fights. We'll talk to you later.